towards the far post. Riston, Anton. Barisha, Diamante. Durante with a free header. And the honour of Western United's first A-League goal goes to a familiar face. Bessart, Barisha. Connor Payne on the left. Alessandro Diamante, the ball on a string. And... Oh, Diamante! The Western service crew are celebrating. It's Tongyek beating Rolls. And here's the post. Welcome to the end of season review for Western United's inaugural season. This this week you are joined by Scott, Ryan, Leb, and Jay. I'm your host Wallace, and I'm G'd up to talk about a roller coaster of emotions that this was, was this season. How's lockdown going, guys? Brilliant, boring as. Cannot yeah. wait to go to a pub. So, from finishing fifth and from the post the season restart to making it to the semis, what was your our white whale for the season? Uh, fuck. I've got an idea for one. Not beating Melbourne City. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's actually a good one. Yeah, that that is the elusive thing. I think we can all agree on that. Look, I'm, did we? I'm, I think we beat everyone else, didn't we? Besides Sydney, no, we, nah, we, we didn't beat Newcastle. Really? But we beat everyone else. Yeah, at least once. Well, we at least drew with Newcastle, didn't we? No, yeah, one, no, no. 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 Where we lost both. We lost two one and and one nil. We did, didn't we? Well, no, we did. We did Drew. Yeah, we I'm looking. Zero, zero. I That's thought so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that one. Yeah. But we didn't beat them. No, no. No, no we still didn't beat them. We have never kicked a goal against them. Yeah. Oh, we must have lost 2-0 then. We lost 1-0, 0-0, uh, and then 1-0. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we suck. Never scored against them. Ugarkovic has just got our number. But out of curiosity, what's our record against victory? I just want to recall that. <laughs> 100% win rate. And what, what's the goal difference type situation there? Plus four. Okay. okay. I just, just needed that nice uh, rub in yeah. there. Any other things that you think be a bit of a white whale for us? Not being able to go to finals matches. Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. We've been grouse to go to yeah our first final and our first semi. Who knows if we were there, we might have G'd on the team to... Be able to go to our first final. Ryan we don't have Scott did to that. Do that so. <laughs> first cab off the ranks. Let's have a look at Mark Rudan for the season. Mark Rudan was a controversial signing. He left Wellington ahead of schedule, and with some pundits saying he gutted the team. This made for a bit of a friendly rivalry with uh, the Knicks. You guys were there, Jay and Leb. That obviously that would have been a, a fun game to be at, and you guys have got said such positive things about the experience. Um, any notes from? The, the Wellington game? Oh, look, I think we've said it all before, but yeah, yeah. it's absolutely great. Going to our first game in a different country. Uh, and look, it wasn't just Jay and myself. There were a few of us that went over, so we had a small group, which was nice as well. Um, and it was just a great experience to top it off with a win and best up as your goal. All the players coming up to us after the game, meeting Wellington fans who were great, still keep in contact with some today. Um, Meeting the Knicks players at their pub afterwards, whole experience was great. Danger, danger was good too. <laughs> <laughs> and um, to tie that back into Mark Rudin, I'd say displeased would be a good way to put how the Wellington crowd <laughs> were with Mark Rudin. There are a few good banners written on bed sheets that we thought were kind of hilarious. Calling like I think it was what is it one one thief three traders or something yeah. like that it was a really good one yeah. in reference to our. Uh, Curdo, Burgess, and um, Durante. and Durante as well. That was brilliant. 
I, I didn't feel threatened, though, which was a bit disappointing. I thought they were kind of going to come belt us up after the game, but the New Zealand people are just too nice. <laughs> yeah. Mark Rudan's appointment's really given us a lot of uh, memes, you know what I mean? Like the USB stuff, like like that photo of him, like real looking awkward in front of the New Zealand fans. But no, I think he's been a real good addition. Um, under Rudan, we played 28 games with 13 wins, three draw- draws and 12 losses. Our table position was fifth. In the toilet seat competition, we came. We made the semis. Uh, we scored forty-seven goals. We conceded thirty-nine. And amidst the five of us, we gave him an A minus rating, which I think is pretty fair. I think. Um, I, I think he deserves. Like if I'd say he probably was an eight out of ten. If we're doing a minus eight out of ten, you know, pretty much. You yeah, know, had we made the grand final, he's probably at an A. And had we yeah. won it, he's at an A plus. So he's honestly not far. And really, regardless of how we went in the finals, he's probably still an A minus. Unless we got belted in that first week, he's mm. probably then a B. But um, I think that's a pretty uh, and overall that's a, that's a good rating for Rudan, and, and it's pretty um, on par with what we'd all expect as supporters as well. Yeah, the only fault I could probably give Rudan was when when we were starting to struggle down the back when we lost a few of our players. He could, he kept changing it on Curdo. You know, a goalkeeper never wants to change in the back line. It's probably one fault I would give him. Besides that, yeah. you're pretty solid everywhere else. No, in fairness to him though, you got to remember it was the first season starting at the club. He was literally doing it on the fly as he went. You know, he was adapting to the situation that was unfolding in front of him the entire time, and actually get a team that hasn't you know, had all that time together and coming from scratch to get to the final winner final. It's a pretty bloody good effort, especially with the players leaving halfway through and then having to find replacements. Yeah, he, he did have it tough. But, yeah, that, that was just what my only fault is, just not sticking with the, what he had on table, just a consistent backline with what the options that were available anyway. I think um, also a lot of the, those players that we had early on, although they're pretty good at it now, weren't comfortable with playing with five at the back with the wing backs. So um, I think that might have that probably could have been changed up at some point in the season when we started to slide a bit and we were struggling. But in the end, you know, they probably kept drilling it. Now all the players are used to it. That it really, it, it paid off in the finals. You know, we got unlucky not to. I mean, City were probably better than us, I'd say. But we were also unlucky to not come away, you know, taking that game to at least extra time. I think if we keep drilling with the five at the back, though, I think Rudin won't have to change much next season. We'll have a pretty good squad going forward. Yeah, completely agree. We were we had a lot of injuries, a few players leaving, which we'll obviously get into soon. But it was, as a player manager, I don't think he did too bad. There was a lot of negative publicity in the press wanting to make something out of everything, really, because we had that scrutiny of being a new team. Now, as we look back on our first season, what do you think the metrics of success are? Well, I go back to my original, in the first episode, the aim was to always get to the finals and possibly win one. Um, I think we did that. We said we'd like crowds over 5,000. I don't know exactly what the average was, but I think we got there. And do you know what our final membership was as well? But I believe it was just on 5K. The minimum benchmark. And I think we hit all of our main targets. Yep. 
Well, the total attendance for games was 62,185 across all the games with an average of 5,653. This was the second lowest in the league. This data was obviously like suffered due to the COVID, a number of issues. We would have had like, I think it was three or four more home games. So we probably would have propped it up a little bit, but we had some... We could have also taken it down a lot too. Yeah, especially (laughs) throwing Ballarat. Towards the later on in the season, a lot of people do get jump off the wagon a bit like but that's probably about the only downfall I can think of but then again you know changing grounds and going all over the place not having a stable place also doesn't help but I can't see us really gaining much more of a crowd than an average of about five five thousand until we build a stadium once the stadium's up is the only time I can see us really getting a decent crowd yeah it's very crucial to finding that home base the numbers probably would have been raised if we did make finals as well. So that would have made a bit of an increase. I don't think COVID actually helped our numbers at all. But you also have to remember the fact that since we actually performed quite well this season and people could only watch from TV, and I know like a lot of people that actually did notice Western United doing well after um, the COVID break and kick on and play well in the finals, and that's more likely to entice more people to come along to games as well. Just based on the fact that we performed well in our first season. The winning team does also bring in crowds. Exactly. Of the three stadiums that we play, GM, HBA, Whitnoval and Ballarat, which was your preferred? Not Ballarat. (laughs) (laughs) Geelong? Because I think that's the worst stadium in the world. Look, it wouldn't be bad for AFL, but... I watched the cricket and the footy there, and that's pretty good. It's no good for the soccer. I thought you were talking about Mars, buddy. No, I would have said Geelong's my favourite stadium out of the three. Really? Even more so than Witten Oval? Yeah. Witten Oval, standing where we were, we sort of pushed back a bit. We got it all right because they brought the... The game a bit closer to the where we we're standing, but yeah, I don't know. It just looks a lot emptier, and yeah, no, I wasn't the best fan of Whitnoble. I'd say that was, was, was my favourite. I'd say the two things that um, game HBA had over Witten that we can probably all agree on was the quality of the pitch of the surface it was obviously being an AFL ground and a ground they use for cricket. Um, well, the big bash. Obviously, the quality was miles better and the facilities. You know, there's a lot more mm. toilets, bars. Seating. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. We were drinking out of cans at Wooden Noble. Yeah. And but literally pissing in the But they were expensive cans too. If they, if they brought in the rivets. Dude, they'd make so much more because people would just be. <laughs> yeah, and they were through with these. I mean, the beer, the beer wasn't horrible, but it was craft beer. And, you know, sometimes you just want to count and dry. Or, yeah, or you couldn't. You something. couldn't get a normal beer there. That was my yeah, issue with it. Like they sell count and dry or BBD But my point stands. Well, they got draft at they least. Got yeah, so it's it was Carlton something. Mid. It was Carlton Mid. No, I didn't, yeah, but they have to do yeah. that. Yeah. Not during the day though. During the day though, it's full strength. The first game we had there, they had full strength beer, and every game after that, it was all mids. Because I was really, really just... I thought it was during the uh, during the day that they. So had did I. The first and game at night I... they had mids. Everyone just will just round off who their favorite is. Mine was uh, Witten, Kelsey, Witten, Leb and Jay, Leb EJ then... Witten, um, Witten. I'm going GMHBA. 
<laughs> Witten was great, but it wasn't done right, if you know what oh, I mean. Like, yeah. you couldn't have it. We did it right. Even though it was great there for a day, you couldn't have a whole season there. Yeah. That's why I was very close to voting for GNHBA mm. because even though it probably wasn't as great most days, like, we honestly, we had our most fun days away from home at um, Victory and at in Adelaide, and then the next closest would have been Adelaide again at Witten Oval, I'd say, for... Yeah. Look, Central Coast at GMHBA was pretty fun because we scored tons in that too. So and, and also the other derby that we won there. Yeah, against victory. That's oh. another one. Look, we had tons of great games. We had a few shit games where no one turned up and everyone was fucking quiet and shitty. But I think overall, we we did make it. Like, yeah. Wooden Oval wouldn't have been as good if it wasn't for not just us as the service crew creating the chance, building the noise, the rest of the crowd as well. Mm. That place was packed that day. Also worth mentioning, I think it would have been more packed had it not been a public holiday. Because people already had plans on Australia Day. Uh, you know, everyone's off having a barbie. We had ours the day before for the Hot 100, which is for a lot of, in a lot of people's minds the real Australia Day. Still, we all had, it was good fun. We all had a ball. Um, hopefully, if they do Witten again, maybe they set up a stand, I think, um, on the grass side. Look, um, I think it worked fine. Yeah. I, I think it worked fine the way it was anyway. With the numbers that we got, we packed out the stadium side and there was just enough room for people on the grass side to be around with still more room to fill. So, but I think they're wanting to put the stand in in case we play the plan. Was multiple games. Well. Yeah, that's a bit and different. We have, we'd have to put a stand in for Sydney. We would pull a much bigger crowd for that. And then obviously it's a much larger crowd. You're going to need more bars, amenities. Now that's a whole other, you know, can of worms to open. Mm. Well, I think it can be done. It's just the club's probably got to invest a bit more into it, and I don't know if it's worth it rather than just renting out GMH BA Stadium. Let's move on to our player review. When we announced the signing of Aaron Kelver, I was quite ecstatic. He was fresh off a good season with Sydney FC and scoring a beautiful goal. Despite a foot in- injury, he managed to make 16 appearances and one goal for the team, but I think he had a number. I, I think he had a great number of great moments across the season. His passing accuracy was eighty-one point two. His tackle success was seventy-four point two, and his shooting accuracy was fifty percent. Um, as a group, we overall rated him a B. Any uh, Jay, do you have any comments on Aaron Keller? We didn't see heaps from him. He was injured he for was a injured fair bit. Lot. Yeah, but what we did see, there were glimpses of. Um uh, of you know the potential he has, he's quite you know when he was great, he's great, and when he was off, he wasn't terrible. So you know that's that's something to look at as well. He didn't really have many off games, but he didn't really play that many games either. I'd like to see him play as part of that back three with Tomoki Mai and Durante a lot more next season. I think he'll probably manage that, and mm-hmm. hopefully you know I reckon he could get his rating right up to an A. Yeah. Um, he did have a few crazy moments. Those Chris Benoit style diving headbutts were pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, no, I did think um, Calver did have a good, a strong finish to the season. I felt coming up to the finals and finals, he was pretty solid down back. He was probably, you know, really stepped up. And I don't know if he kicked the goal, but he did some pretty amazing saves. He did do one. He was um, very strong for us in the back line. I hope to keep him for a couple more years, provided he performs. Um, he um, he just a point for us, though, didn't he? He scored a goal. West Sydney Wanderers, he yeah, sealed that win re- for us. Look, yeah. He's the type of player, if he stays fit, um, he has the potential 
um, and leadership qualities to take over from like Durante's role and stay at the club for a long time and be that sort of person. And he knows what it's like to win, obviously, with Sydney. So if yep. he's sticking around, hopefully he thinks that, you know, he can do that with us. No, like I said, I just really like his desperate defending towards the back half of the season. Yeah. Like he threw himself at things, and that's what you want to see from a defender. You want to see him, you know, trying to do everything, you know, to stop a goal from happening. And their body is on the line. Yeah. Yeah. So quite impressed with him. He also played, uh, I think it was right wing back for a game as well, mm. uh, which he, he did well there. So it shows a bit of versatility. Good for a squad player. Um, now let's move on to the big gun. Alessandro Diamanti. On the twenty-first, on the twenty-fourth of July, twenty nineteen, West United announced the signing of thirty-six-year-old Alessandro Diamanti. In our inaugural season as captain, he won the league Johnny Warren Medal, which, if you aren't aware, is given to the best player in the Australian top-flight competition. He made twenty-seven appearances for us, gave us eight goals, and a multitude of great Friday feels. In um, in the West United Awards, he took away Player of the Season, Forever West Award, which is the fan vote, and the Emerald Goal Award, which is for like the Best goal. Best goal. Uh, I think we, he's he's also been glossed over as being the All Out West Player of the Year Award winner as well. Just so in case anyone slept on that, his passing <laughs> accuracy was seventy five point eight. His tackle success is fifty percent. His shooting accuracy is forty eight point three. So let the team down there, mate. Um, and he signed on for another season. Now, Leb, this is your one. What have you got to say? Well, he signed on for another two seasons. I'm pretty sure, actually. Oh, okay. Happy for that as well. I just yeah, yeah. yeah. Who knows what kind of role that will be in the second season, but it's it's just going to be exciting to see him for another season, definitely. He easily, easily our player of the year, and without him, we, we probably wouldn't have done as well. Um, it's, it's the fact that he brings a type of quality and a type of flair that no other player in the league has, and I think it just comes from natural skill. It comes from the kind of background of Italian football as well. Um, and also a lot about his character and his mentality. The fact that the age he is, um, not the quickest person, I've said it on previous podcasts, but the way he reads the game, the, possession, the positions that he gets in, and the way he can just nip in front of other players that are twice as fast as him, really. He, he can pull off the spectacular, as we've seen multiple times this season, whether it's shooting or passing or just the way he acts, really. <laughs> But he's he's just another level and probably one of the best players we've ever seen in this league. I've got to give him credit. He's off field, you know, entertainment and getting involved with the media and doing his Friday fields. That's also massive for the A League and the club. Not just what he does on the field. It's what you don't see from many marquees. Like I can't think of any other marquee around the A League that does what Diamante does in the media wise and gets involved. We've said it before, how boring was Ola Toivonen? Like, yeah, he scored grouse goals, but he was boring as shit. Well, I think he scored grouse goals, but um, like when he was on, he was on, he wasn't boring. You can say oh, I'm talking about his personality. He was oh, just yeah. dry and but not someone you'd want to be mates with and grab a beer with. But you could even say that week in, week out, he wasn't an entertaining player like Diamante was. No. He was good when he, he was. Cli- he, was he, he was clinical. He was a clinical when finisher. When he was scoring goals and winning them games, very mm. Yeah, I'm not talking about boring football because obviously he was still good for the league. I'm yeah. talking about personality. Mm. Like, look at his interview. He just sulks around after a game, even if he scored a hat-trick. Did you see his first promo pic for his, like, Malmo FC photo? I've not seen that dude smile for two years. He's yeah. like, 
He's grinning. He's loving it. Well, that shows you how good he is, though, because Malmo are at least a Europa League yeah, guy. Yeah. So, you know, and he was he's playing in the World Cups and then going back to Melbourne Victory. I think he fucked up a bit there. But, um, you know, it's good to see at least he hasn't gone to any old shitty club. He's actually back in one of the big European. I, could, I, I think you could call Malmo a big European club. So, yeah. I'll, I'll just let everyone know the rating we all gave him. It's no surprise he got an A+. Is there, is there another plus, plus. plus? Is there an A++? Baby? I'm not redoing re- uh, the formula for this shit, guys. I'm not doing it. <laughs> if we win the league and he scores a free kick, that's an A++. Plus. But it, yeah. for what he did, A+. Plus. Yeah. It's always next season. Kels, any words about Diamante? Just that he sees things that others can't comprehend in the A-League still. He is well above the league level. I mean, it's like they're all playing checkers and he's playing that 3D chess game. Oh, don't talk to me about three D chess. <laughs> In fairness, he didn't he didn't see everything because Rudin saw him kicking that free kick and Diamante didn't think he could get that. No, uh, it was it was John and it's Danny Artis. Yeah. It wasn't Rude. Yeah, oh, was it? Knew he would yeah. do it. I think it was I think it was John. It was one it was one of the coaches at least. Yeah, I think it was yeah. J A. That backed him completely and uh he didn't think he could get that. No, but I bet his left foot knew he was going to do it. Dimmer might not have known, but that left foot has an intelligence <laughs> of its own. <laughs> it's got its own passport. It's a resistant uh, weapon, I hear. He's, yeah, he's just been complete in value for the money that we're paying. He play, He was professional during the COVID crisis. He took a pay cut. He paid for, played for free. He is what the game needs in this country, in my opinion. And it's so good that he's sticking around and sticking with us, not going to another, you know, a big... Bigger club like Victory or anywhere else. Andrew Durante solidified himself as not only the heart and soul of our defence in his 26 games, but also helped define the working man's mentality of Western United. Although 38 years old young when the season finished, he showed a wealth of knowledge, grit and surprisingly two goals during the season. Also his highest scoring season. He has signed on for the next um, 2021 season. His passing accuracy was 90.4. His tackle success rate was 36.6. His shooting accuracy was 57.1. We overall gave him a B plus. Scott, what are your thoughts on Andrew Durante? I must say, I think he was probably one of our most reliable defenders in the back. I think every time he he was there, I felt half safe when when we copped a bit of pressure in the back line. Without Durante on there, shit went down. And uh, we lost a few games without Durante in the field, I would have thought. Uh, he, did, he did get an amazing goal, putting him to what the uh, oldest A-League player to score a goal. Yeah. All correct. And to get a yellow card. What, in the same game? Or? Oh, no, a different time. He's just he's one of the oldest people. To get. He's, he's got the most yellows. But um, he's we somehow signed on for another year, which is weird. Uh, funny. I don't know what type of role he's looking at playing next season, more of a playing role or more of a coaching player role type of thing. Just adding to that, I think if he's still able to do that at his age, why not play another year? I don't think he's going to drop that much. He looked pretty fit towards the end of the season. So I'm, I've got no problems relying on him for another season. We are, hopefully he doesn't get injured and... You know, it means we don't have to look for another first-choice week-in, week-out centre-back because, honestly, that would be top of the list had we let Durante go. He's the sort of leader we needed in our team. Even if we play something some like, you know, don't play him every game like you do now. Just, you know, being an older player, like, 
just play him every now and then. Play him against teams like City and Sydney. And, yeah, give him a bit of a rest against, well, we probably need him against Newcastle these days too. Yeah. Give bring him a bit him, of a rest against Victory or someone, you know, that we can comfortably beat. Just or so bring him on late into the game when we need to shore things up, something like that. Yeah. Now he's player rating? Yeah, it's B+. plus. Yeah, I think that's well-deserved. Yeah, it's. I think he was one of our most consistent players, especially in the back, back line. He was part of our leadership group, if we had a leadership group. Um, yeah, and I think he keeps Diamante happy, and that's what we need. Well, he's, he one of, happy. he's one of the three. Obviously, when you look at leadership, we've got it all over the pitch. You know, a striker in Bessart, you know, he's got the experience to be a leader. Diamante in the midfield and then Durante up back. So that's experience all over the pitch that all of our players can learn from. Definitely. Are you guys happy to move on? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Apostolos Stamatolopoulos, a.k.a. Stammer. He made the move from Adelaide United for more game time, but struggled to get it early on like a lot of our younger players. Although he featured heavily at the tail end of the season as an, if you will, an impact player, um, he did not manage to get, the, um, to get the back of the net, but did feature a fun hairstyle. Among his 12 appearances, he's played well, but in my opinion, needs the experience to, to be a starting 11 striker. But either way, he's still Scott's man crush. His passing accuracy is 64.4, tackle success rate 66.7. Um, and overall, we gave him a D plus, which he didn't get enough game time, I think. Uh, Kelsey, what did you think? Well, thanks for getting rid of the actual uh, screen share there. Sorry, just, that. Just, I like to double-check we're recording. Um, so, no, 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 all good. Look, the one thing that concerns me there is shooting accuracy zero. That means you had not one shot on target. Is I that what you're he telling did, me here? He did yeah. only play, I think, one full game. Did yeah, but to not have even one shot game. on target's a bit concerning in 12 games, time-limited or not. So that's a big bit of a concern there for me. But, look, I like him because he's something different that our team needs. Like, he can be a focal point where players can end the ball too rather than at the feet of, like, a Barisha or someone. You know, he's a good heading target. Um, As he gets a bit older, he'll get a bit more strength to be able to, you know, be more physically imposing. But I guess my question to everyone else here is, what, what do you guys reckon he needs to be more... What steps does he need to take to be more consistent and at the level? I think he just needs to strap his shooting boots on. Because um, he didn't really do much wrong. He made a lot of good runs, drew, um, drew some fouls, um, even drew a couple of players, you know, like he'd be on the field. Like I think he was on the field when Lustica scored that winner against Sydney. Mm. And um, Lustica wouldn't have been able to score that goal had he not drawn a defender. You know, it's, it's the background things you see as well from a, a, a sub striker. So I think D plus is probably a bit harsh. I think he could probably go for a C minus or a C. But... Um, I think it's still, you know, you can argue the point D plus. He could have got, if he bagged one or two goals, then we wouldn't be having that conversation. Well, so, I think Waldo just brought it up that um, he had 294 minutes on the pitch, something yeah. like that. Yep. And for zero shots on target, that's rather concerning. I don't think it's concerning for someone of his age, only 21, you know. Um, yeah. But- I, think he's, I think he's got a lot to learn. Um, he'll He'll pick up a lot off Bessart and you know we weren't it's not like he was it's not like we were short on goals we still scored a fair few goals that season so um, 
obviously, I know he's a striker. You want to see him do a bit better, but he never really played as a like the best art role where he's sort of up front poaching goals. He really made a lot of darting runs and even put a few good crosses in uh, just um, from, from what I remember. So, and just on that note, also find he did start, he did get 90 of those minutes against City, which, you know, that time they did um, dominate us a bit. I would have liked to see him feature a bit more. He needs more game time. I wasn't a fan of his season. Every time I did, he did get a crack. I don't. I don't think he's me man anymore, Andrew. I, <laughs> I simply think he just needs more strength and more conditioning. Yeah, which will come with age and explain. He is twenty-one, so he's got a bit, yeah. He is. Young, he's not going to physically develop for another two or three years yet. And if he, if he played every single game, he might be a different outcome, but. Yeah, you know, he didn't. He wasn't given the chance early on. He sort of got a bit towards the end of the season during the COVID times and the quicker matches. But he didn't really pull off his performances that he was during the pre-season. It's also worth mentioning that when he was on the pitch, um, a lot of our gun players like Burgess and Diamante were either tired or not even on the pitch at that point. Yeah. So he doesn't have the same. Um, Delivery, you know, he's not getting the same balls as someone like Bess Aparisha. So he's got to work twice as hard to get those goals. The one thing I do like about Stammer compared to Barisha is Is his haircut. He's non stop chasing. (laughs) He he will chase the ball, he'll chase whether the defenders are passing it left, you know, between themselves or whatever. He he pushed, he pushed and put a bit of pressure on the ball, Mm. which is what you don't often see with some a lot of strikers. And he was yeah. a lot quicker than Bess as well. He might not have shot as well or been as – he's not as physically imposing either. He's not as big. But um, uh, he's got, you know, a lot of pace. And you're right, he's got that attacking intent. I think if he straps those shooting boots on, starts hitting the target, starts getting a couple of goals to boost his confidence, he could be a very important player for us. He just needs to have a crack. Like, that was, I think, Western United's biggest issue as well is they, I think they didn't really take a crack at goal. If you're outside the box, just just have a crack. Why not? If it goes in, it goes in. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah, like, you looked a bit We didn't do that. We tried to look pretty right up until, you know, we're almost behind the goalkeeper, which didn't work at times. And, you know, Stammer being a bit of a striker, he probably should have got, a got his ball, ball in his feet. He should have just had a crack, see how it mm. went. went. If it went in, fuck, would we call him a legend? But he didn't, so. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey, you got anything else on uh, Old Stammer? No, I think it was a fair review of it. I think that was a good question. Thank you for the different style there. That was interesting. Um, I'd just like to elaborate further on Jason. One of the starts he did have, he was paired up front with Valentino Yule. So both of them, I don't think that had the like the cohesion yet to work together, and that worked against both of them. Giselle um, was experience, man. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like, uh, the low rating isn't reflective of what we think he... Like, it's just the performance we got out. And, sad, we, yeah, I, I, I hope he does well. I want him to do well. So yeah. just, And you can read into the stats all you want as well. If you look at Diamante's passing, it doesn't do justice to how many great passes, you know, he mm. made last season. He might have only been hitting at, what, 60, 70-odd percent. But, fuck, he passed better than anyone else in the league by a country mile last year. The only reason it was so low... Is because he makes those daring, like he makes those daring passes where it, it might be a 50 50. 
you know, but a lot of his balls are important long balls. I think Stammer never really got a chance to take a shot on goal, to be completely honest. But he made a lot of important darting runs. He got in the good spaces and I think he has the potential when paired up with someone well at the front and someone good in behind him to feed him some good passes. He can do very well. I don't think he'll be uh, not even a 10-goal. Maybe he might be a 10-goal-a-season player if he's starting week in, week out. But I see him getting five, six, seven assists as well. Mm. Could you imagine if he'd be a very good uh, break player? If we're sitting there in the back line, well, defence, you know, defending, and he can make a good, quick darting run towards goal, uh, goal, with someone like Diamante putting it on to, right in front of him on his run, he could have had a couple one-on-ones with the goalie. And not to mention, it doesn't even have to be put onto his feet. If Burgess runs up, he's really quick as well. You know, yeah, you could have Burgess um, and uh, uh, Stammer on the wings and then Bessart sitting a little further back to pick up the scraps. If you've got Burgess and um, Stammer both running hard, you know, breaking from an opposition corner, the defenders aren't going to know who to go for. And there's going to be, you know, we don't, we're at the moment, we've only got one player breaking forward and that's Burgess. If you can have two, it causes absolute nightmares. It's like the way Liverpool play when Salah and, I don't know, this is a drawing big comparisons, when Salah and Mane go forward and they run hard at the opposition, they don't know what to do and they're overwhelmed. And most of the times, they, you know, we pick up a goal. So I think he could slot in quite well into the team, but. He has to prove himself a little more. Um, he's done it in the preseason and in the training games. He's proven himself, but he has to just, um, you know, come on and score a couple of goals early on in the season, and he could be starting games. Yeah, you've got to remember too, D plus isn't a bad rating. It just shows what someone of twenty one should have that they've got room for improvement. We didn't see him enough to really, yeah. And he's one game main main game he did he did go against City, and they I'm pretty sure they had a full side. It was never going to look pretty for him anyway, so. Yeah, like, so Bessart Barisha was a polarising signing. He had, in the past, excelled at this level, but after a season of little game time in the K-League, we did not know what to expect. Personally surprised with the 19 goals in 27 appearances with an average of 113.5 minutes per goal. He was the third top goal scorer in the league and the club's debut golden boot. His passing accuracy was 818 his tackle success was 41.5 and his shooting accuracy was 70.2. Now, on the on the note of Bessar Barisha, I, I actually saw a lot of improvement in his game. I thought he was a lot more aggressive and attacking. He was he was doing more runs back, something that we hadn't seen in, in some time from him. So I actually think our formation and getting balls to him, it was it was I think we complemented his play style of poaching. Um so Bessar Barisha got an A minus rating from us. What are your thoughts on him, Leb? Along with the formation that we played probably suiting the way his kind of play style is, um, I think his mentality you know, like he seemed his mentality seemed a lot different to in previous seasons. He seemed like he was more willing to get back and help the team and do the dirty work and not just kind of be up front and be the kind of poacher that we did get. Obviously, he wasn't just a poacher, but it, the kind of forward that we got to know and expect over the years. Um, I don't know whether that's a thing that's come with his age and maturity or whether it's a coaching type thing or whether it's the people around him, but it's definitely more than I expected him coming in at the start of the season. I thought he'd have a good season, but I didn't really expect him to do this well 
like finished third in the overall um, goal scoring standings, finished as our highest goal scorer, play the amount of games he did and play as well as he did. So um, I think, I think look, he was a great signing and he was, it was kind of, it was going to be hit or miss with him and it was definitely hit. Yeah. And he did come third, but he only come third due to the very last game as well. So he could have, he could have won the, the Golden Boot Award easily. Not to mention he had a goal chalked off later on in the season as an own goal. Mm. Yeah. Because like, of someone know, from earlier played. in the season. Yeah. So, uh, and not to mention, almost <laughs> half of our goals come from him. Yeah. So, when we score in 40, I think we scored 47 that season. So, he scored almost half of them, you know. How many did he score in the end? 18, 19? 47 goals Four, we scored. He scored 19, so yeah. under half, That's but... Just under half, but still, you know, you take... That's a good haul. And we're fucked, you know. We're, we're in a lot of trouble. We're relying on stammer. Yeah. <laughs> Even if someone we have someone that comes in and scores half of those goals, you know, we lose half of those games because a lot of them are some very important goals. So I reckon Bessar literally probably got us about 10 points that, that season, I think. Yeah. A minus is a bit of a discredit. I think it should be at least an A, but... Very solid. Hopefully, he's solid again for another year. Hopefully, he can teach some of the other boys how to shoot as well. But, um, I was very surprised, but happily surprised with how good he was last season. I must must give him credit. I, I wrote him off at the start of the season. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, but he really <laughs> come up and proved me wrong. Like it, these previous years, with uh, you know, towards the end of his victory career, he was going backwards big, big time. But he really took the next level coming coming with us, and he's really become the old Borussia that we that everyone in the A League do love, love to see. So it's really good that he's doing it at his age. So he looks like he's having fun again. See. Yeah, it could be the you know the players around him as well, having it's someone like Diamante. Mucking around with him all the time. I was going to say, Diamante, um, I think the goal that really highlighted both Diamante and uh, and Borussia's season was that cross. It was the one where Diamante crossed the ball in from like a, it was a pretty awkward position. Mm. It was against the Mariners at GMHBA. Yep. And Bessart, like I've not seen a more beautiful header of the ball in the A-League. Bessart's just beautifully, lobbed, essentially lobbed the keeper with yep. the header. And that really... Um, for me, it just puts their season, you know, that, that that's the, the best. It shows that they've got a great partnership already. Yeah, and it, it really, it's, um, no one, nine out of 10 players, I'd probably say 99 out of 100 players couldn't score that goal in the A-League. No. Um, I'd say most teams couldn't even put together a goal that well. So the fact that, you know, our striker, our marquee strikers is finding that, is getting on the end of those sorts of balls and still being able to put them away. Even though he has been a bit iffy with his feet at times, um, I, I still think he's got the potential to bag another 15 goals at least next season. So, And, and they're important goals for us. I think he's a, still a very crucial player for us next year. Any any closing things on Borussia? Oh, best up, Borussia. No, like I said, I think the main thing is he just looks like he's really having a good time at the club. Yeah, definitely agree. Let's move on to Brendan Hamill. 
He was a promising sighting as he has a wealth of knowledge at A-League level, previously playing at West Sydney Wanderers and Hearts, sadly due to an injury sustained at the Ballarat Stadium. Stadium, I believe it was at the Ballarat Stadium. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, his season was cut short after five games due to season-ending knee injury. Despite this, he was still heavily involved with the club, and I hear him travel to the like the Sydney hub. I, I've seen him in the background of a lot of the other players, and I think he's a real positive influence. And I, he, yeah, I, I was a, he really was a hindrance him getting injured. And I'm looking forward to seeing him next season. But his passing accuracy was 82.6. His tackle success rate was 60, and his shooting is irrelevant because he's a centre back. Um, we overall gave him a C plus for the games he played. Jay, what are your thoughts on uh, the old BJ? Um, honestly, um, we've got Conor Chapman coming up next, and my thoughts aren't that different from him. Um, obviously, I only played games early on in the season um, where, you know, we, we'd win one, lose one. So um, he was, you know, good when it, when we needed to intervene, and then at times he was, you know, he did drop off a little bit. But, um, you know, he played some very important games for us early on, helped us win those games. And um, had we had him later on in the season when we, you know, were down and a few players, even though he was one of them, you know, we could have probably rescued a few more points and ended up finishing further up on the table. So I think um, it's, it's hard rating someone a C plus, um, considering he only played five or so games. But I think, you know, he's definitely got the potential to come back and do well for his next season once he recovers from this injury. Hopefully he does because we need... Um, some defensive depth. Um, I think that he'll slide into the squad really well. And um, like you said, he's still been with the boys at training, went going up to the hub, still playing an active role in the club. So it's not like we're essentially, you know, bailing. He's bailed on the club for uh, eight, ten months, probably almost 12 months mm. by the time the big season rolls around. Yep. He's been there constantly, been involved. and um, Pretty much exactly 12 months. Yeah, it'll, it'll be... Um, Interesting to have him back. I, I think he's been nothing but a positive influence on the players. Yeah. Kelsey, anything to say? I thought he was, you know, very, like, how do I put this? He wasn't, he was never poor and he was never brilliant. He just, he got exactly what you deserve from him week in, week out. Yeah. Um, he was service, like, you know, you knew the exact performance you want to get. And I think that's really good in a defense. You want to know what you're going to get out of your defenders. You, you know, you don't want surprises or, you know, a great performance here and a poor performance there. You want that level of consistency, which I thought he had in every game he played. Definitely. Uh, I will say he's basically only played really two games with us. It says five. I think one of the games he came off 14 minutes in when he got injured, of course. One of His very first game he played with us, he got subbed on about the 94th minute. So the game was basically over. And the other one was about 66 minutes. So he only really played two of those games. And from those two games, from you know, I couldn't remember because it was a long time ago and I was probably pissed. <laughs> but looking at his stats, his stats out of those two games were pretty impressive. He, he got a lot of passes and his accuracy and all that was pretty outstanding. I, I'm very interested to see a lot more of him because just judging off those two games that he did play, he was probably our best defender on those two games that he did, had a full game of, and you know, and I think Duranto was playing those games as well, and he did look better, 
going off the stats, of course, he did look better than Durante. So I'll be very interested to see uh, Hamill come back in because um, if, if that's how he's going to play out, if he's going to play like that every game for a full season without no injury or nothing like that, we're going to have a fucking pretty solid back line. Yeah, completely agree. Look, he's just a, he's just a solid player. He's been playing in the A-League for 10 years. He, I'm pretty sure he won an Asian Champions League with Western Sydney as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously, just a very decorated player. As Kelsey was saying, you know exactly what you're going to get from him. He brings that certain level of consistency. And he seems like he's a bit of a, a club man as well. He'll always do things for the club. He's in a lot of the promotional photos and when they're doing um, the fashion shots for the new clothing lines and all of that. And even one game before um, that GMHBA stadium, before the game, he's handing out flyers of a song that the team made and stuff. And so he just seems like he's got that kind of personality that you want to have in the club, but he's also got that professionalism and experience and he brings consistency as well, which is a shame that we couldn't see a lot of that this season because of injury. Yeah. I, I would like to see some, uh, you know, a back, back set up with like Rizzo, Durante, Hamill and Calva. Oh, oh that's it. Yeah, they've never really all played together and got all stats and I'd really enjoy to see that and see if anyone can really pass that simply. I think that's a really, really quality back line for the A-League. We haven't seen that. That's the thing with us. We've had too many injuries and we've never really had that chance to really prove it. It kind of shows how lucky we, we are to have that depth in this season. Um, and on that note of depth, do you guys want to talk about Connor Chapman? Yeah. <laughs> Not really. He's still well, broken me hard. Well, Connor Chapman was signed fresh off playing for the Pohang Steelers and was seen as a, was a good signing. Sadly, he only managed eight appearances before transferring to Dejong Hannah Citizen. His passing accuracy was 90.7. Tackle success rate was 76.2. He left in a bit of control, like not controversy, but he left the the K, um, the Pohang Steelers with a bit of drama, and it was it caused a bit of a ruckus at home when he left. We overall voted him a B minus, so we're all pretty big fans of uh, Old Chapo, El Chapo, if you will. <laughs> but he got away. Um, Leb, what are your thoughts? Very disappointed that he left because I've I've been following closely ever since he was back at Newcastle and. Um, well, even he, in his Melbourne Heart days. Well, he was at Newcastle before that, wasn't he? Yeah, but uh, he didn't really get a crack. Yeah. There. He got more of a crack at. Even then, uh, even yeah. then, he was a young kid coming through, and he was quality. So he's the sort of player that when we signed it, when he signed for us, it was a real excitement. It showed our intent, and I think um, letting him go, especially at that time when we were letting other players like Scott McDonald go, and. That uh, we might not have been getting performed as we wanted. It seemed like it was a real, probably the lowest time for the club that we've had in this year. It seemed that, yeah, things may not have been good behind the scenes, which we found out eventually that wasn't the case. Um, and that Connor's reason for moving back to Korea was because he enjoyed life there, having lived there before. But Who doesn't like Korean fried chicken? You can get it here, though. Yeah, but it's better over there. My theory yeah. is that he just likes K-pop. 
<laughs> but seriously, I thought I think he was uh, one of the most talented, naturally talented players in our team. And it's such a shame to lose him because, uh, especially going forward, and with him getting older and getting into his prime, like a, literally everything you want for a central defensive midfielder in the A-League. Yeah, you know, and he's a centre back too. He plays both positions. I so. think we we played him more as a defensive midfielder, yeah. all playing defensive midfielder. Some of the passes he was putting out to our attacking midfielders, he, he was brilliant. Like you, you go back to his passing accuracy, what was that? That was 90, 90%. And that's what you want. You don't want someone coughing up the ball at um, that close to the back line. So really a big loss. I can understand why he left and now I'm not so fussed about it. Back when it happened, I was pretty shattered because we really needed him at that point. But, you know, in the end, um, footballers are traded around like a commodity in the sport. And um, if somebody can get what they want, like a player can get what they want, you know, it, ultimately I think we should be happy for them because, you know, not always, you know, you're allowed to leave your club and, and go where you want. So um, I think the, it was good that the club had his best interests at heart as well because hopefully maybe one day if you get sick of it over in Korea, you've got a place to come back to and play some, another couple of good years. But at exactly the same time, you want you want to have players that actually want to be at the club and want to play for you. And if he wants to be somewhere else, you're probably better off having a slightly less skilled player being on the team that really wants to be there and probably fights for it more. Now let's move on to a someone who... Oh, the goat. Um, the, a lot of people accuse this guy, like the team of recycling when this guy come in. And I, in my opinion, he's been a, a blessing for the team and in his one of probably his best seasons. Um, and we're, of course, we're talking about Connor Payne. In what was touted A-League recycling, which I'm just talking about, Connor Payne signed to Woo from CCM. In the season, we saw Payne change to left-wing back role and be a crucial part of our play style. In his 27 appearances, he managed two goals and a shed ton of assists. He was runner-up for Player of the Season Award. His passing accuracy was 80.6. His tackle success rate was 58.6. His shooting accuracy was 50.53.3. We gave him a rating of B+. Scott, what are you going to say about El Pino? Well, I think he had a really good start to the season. Um, I must say, towards the middle season, I think not just Payne, but the club itself, but we're on a bit. Payne, Payne did have a bit of a... a, a shitty area where he was a bit down and he didn't wasn't playing as good as he was at the start of the season. To to me, I thought he had a bit of a down, downward step. It was only a few games. I think the whole club themselves were going backwards a bit. But he did finish really strong and, it, yeah, I will say it's probably his best season that I've ever seen him. And, you know, I used to be a victory fan and I saw him back in those days as well. But it's still probably, you know, by far his best season that he's had in his career. Yeah, his runs towards the pitch and he his crosses in. It was just it. He he did very well for himself, and I'm glad he's there. And he's one of the players that really puts his heart on the sleeve. You know, he's what like you guys were saying before. He 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 loves the club. He loves the A League, and he'll do anything for us. And that's the type of players you really want in your side. And he's sticking around. Yeah, oh, yes. He's not fucking off to India. Thanks we have the right. scoop on that. I believe one of you guys uh, messaged him about it. Caleb. <laughs> I, got the sco- I got the scoop on this one, fellas. I'll take the credit. That's yeah. awesome. Great to get have the, him. Get the word from the horse's mouth. Yeah. As far as um, for Connor Payne, I think um, changing that wing-back role has really built his career because I don't think he was clinical enough in front of goal to be an out-and-out winger. 
but still he can make great runs up that side of the pitch. He can pass the ball quite well. And then every so often, like he did this season, when he gets on the end of the ball, he can put the ball into the net. Um, I think he paired really well with Risden up the other side because they sort of complement each other. And they, and honestly, um, he was one of the hardest working players we had when it came to, uh, although at the start he sort of struggled, but towards the end of the season, when it comes to getting back and defending his, his side of the pitch, he did very, very well. Just, just to, um, you know, uh, left the left wing backs, uh, well, both wing backs have to be the uh, the hardest running players on the pitch, and that's what Connor Brain Payne brings. He, he does. He, he runs. He's the hardest running and one of the quickest players at our club. So it's very good to have him in that position at the moment. Yeah, his two way running is what impressed me the most. He's willing to get back and help the defence, and he's willing to burst forward when we had the chance. And he's he's bought like his final ball's gotten a lot better too. This like in like compared to previous seasons to this one, since he's joined us, his final product has gotten a lot better. And I think that was reflective in his uh, shed ton of assists, as you put it. Yes. Uh, so I didn't know how else to measure it. Uh, Leb, you got any comments? Oh, look, it was it was a tricky one because I felt like he wasn't probably the best at victory, but he was still a lot younger then. And then at Central Coast last year, he was, I think, their player of the season and he top goal scorer and he played quite well. But it was still a bit of a, Bit of a weird signing for us. I wasn't sure exactly where he was going to fit in. And then the fact that he was deployed at wing back, um, look, I think he still leaves a little bit to be desired on the defensive side of things. But even as the season grew, he improved a lot of that, a lot in that stance. And I think he's become, yeah, a really adaptable player who does, it's, it's another one kind of like um, how you we were mentioning before our. Connor Chapman might not 100% give it his all. Connor Payne's one who gives it his all every time he steps on the pitch and he loves turning it on. And look, he lo- he, he loves a bit of the show as well. He, he loves being supported by the fans. He grabs, he's grabbed the megaphone before and had a bit of a dance and grabbed the flag. He loves putting on a bit of a show. So you know he's going to give it his all week in, week out. And he, he did. He was our runner-up for player of the season, which... Look, maybe personally, I wouldn't have given it to him, but he wasn't far behind that at all. No, the, well the one thing I will give Payne, I, I do remember, I think it was after, I can't remember what game, it was at GMHBA. We lost the game. It was a pretty disappointing game. And I remember him coming down to the active and apologising to us all. He really felt bad for letting us all down, even though it wasn't just him. It was, you know, so it, was, it was just absolutely amazing to see for, for a player, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, great mentality, great addition to the club. We rated him a B plus. <laughs> now, Scott's favourite person, Darryl oh, Jertek. So, hey, calm down, mate. You guys are fa- him the highest rating, mate. You're oh, Facebook yeah. for it. <laughs> um, Darryl Jertek signed with great expectations. The 34-year-old had club experience in both the Middle East and Croatia and was thought to excel at this level. He made 15 appearances for West United and had four yellow cards. Jurtek opted to return to Croatia due to the pandemic for family, which we can completely understand. I actually, full disclosure, I'm actually a big Jurtek fan and we'll go into why we don't think he was utilised correctly. I think he would have been amazing at another club, to be honest. Um, His passing accuracy was 82.6. His tackle success rate was 59.4. His shooting accuracy is 42.9. Overall, we gave him a C plus. 
with Scott absolutely loving him. I, I, Look, I think no. I think the problem with Eurotech was he is a good player. He has a good range of passing, but he didn't work in a midfield three with Kone and Diamante. It just was not workable. The, well, he Kone didn't bring didn't anything. Yeah, Kone fucking sucked himself. So. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it caused dysfunction. I think that was a lot of our early problems was those three as the middle three. Yeah. Um, mm. I don't think he's a bad player. He would suit a different team maybe. Um, definitely not us. But, you know, the question I have for this is more like, do you think it's still worth taking punts on players, maybe not exactly like him, but players from overseas with that experience at the age? You know, you look at the contrast of Dimmer versus him. Well, he's like, uh, he was 33 when he signed from us, uh, 34. Um, he wasn't – he had great touch. He was really good at doing um, uh, set pieces. Just in, just in that sense, um, our midfield was too slow, in my opinion. Yeah. That's exactly my thoughts. He, 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 we had Diamante, Kone and Jurtek, and Kone and Jurtek were more of your slower pace you know, accurate players and having two of them, at least two, oh, Diamante is not the fastest, but, you know, Jurtek and Kona, having two of them isn't great for a team. Maybe you can get no, away with one, but not two. You lose your dynamism if you have both of them in the same team. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that and that, that was probably Jurtek's biggest issue is, you know, playing him and Kona with Diamante, there, there was no real pace in that the midfield area. Yeah. See, was, I, going well for Jurtek, unfortunately. As much as I, he's my man. I think um, Jurtek would fit better in the club right now because we don't have we don't have Kone, who honestly I think flopped a bit hard. Um, but he's, we've got Burgess in that midfield now, and essentially. Lustiger. He would have and, played really well. And Lustiger, Lustiger, you know, those are two quick players, and then Diamante. I think he slots in well as the. I think his Jeff Tech sort of it was a bit defensive minded. He was a bit defensive minded, which I like that about him. We don't really have that in in our midfield at the moment, but our defence is quite well covered. Of course, Lustica can get back, but I think Jeff could do it better. Uzcock I actually think. Well, yeah, it was, it was Cox, but he's primarily a central defender yeah. still. As well. Yeah, but I actually don't mind him coming out into the. We'll get well, obviously we'll get to him. Yeah, but, yeah, but I'm oh, sorry, sorry to cut in. Yeah, no, no. Um, I think Yurtek would be a, a great player for us right now. I mean, it's a, it's a shame to see him go, um, and it's a shame that we didn't have him at the right time. But we will be able to find someone very similar to him. And I think honestly, Lustica was his replacement, and I'm not mad at that it's replacement. I think it's well offensively minded, definitely an upgrade. And yeah, Yurtek is an international spot. Lustica isn't, is he? No, it's not. He's, he's a, yeah. So yeah, he is. From, yeah, we signed him from Uzbekistan, bro. Yeah, but he's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but once you once you play over there in one season, you're part of the culture. You count as an international signing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Lustica said this. I think it was another player that he was um, talking to that did go and play over there before the start of the season in a, in mm-hmm. Uzbekistan. Like half the team sacrificed a goat and eat it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was. Yeah, when we had a chat to him, we asked him what was the weirdest story. Yeah, was that, on, was that on crossbar? I think I don't know if it was him or it yeah, was it was Brock like Park. it was um who was the other one that who was the other player striker it was like Brosk or something went over there. Oh, I can't remember. That's probably season. why Jurtek never really took off. He didn't get to sacrifice a goat before fucking. Yeah, 
<laughs> so that's what I'm thinking. I think we should everyone go down to Georgie on the you know on Christmas Day. I'll I'll take a goat down there. I'll, and then he yeah you should see Steve Lustiger with a bib and the knife and the fork up the front. I reckon we do that. That'll kick our season off well. Uh, anyone else? Any final comments on Dario Jertek? <laughs> I forgot oh, we were goodbye. talking about your turn. <laughs> it was just unfortunate he couldn't work in the, you know, three-man midfield with Kone and Dimo. It just wasn't workable with the three of them. I think we, we overstaffed ourselves in um, talent yeah. and hence why we had the like a few people leave. Um, it was worth the punt, just th- it just didn't work. Dylan Pierres or Parias, there's three Pereus. different... Parias. There's three different pronunciations going around. I don't know. Send us a message. Made his professional debut at age 16 for Melbourne City. Get yeah, Philip on. Yeah. Uh, shout out, Philip. You're our G. Uh, fast track four years later, he has become one of Western United's up and coming stars. Of the youth players, he has earned the most game time with 21 appearances and the tenacity of a freight train. He was awarded the club's Young Player of the Season award. His passing accuracy is 81.6. His tackle success rate is 75%. His shooting accuracy is 25 he had 21 games, uh, 21 appearances, and one yellow card. I think he's been a really good part of the club. He's he's really it's really exciting to see young players get a go. He's exciting to watch. As I said, he's like a freaking freight train when he runs. He's just got so much. He's got legs. It's like that song by ZZ Top, but he's a man. <laughs> Look, he's from the area too, so yeah. he, you know he loves the West. Do you mind if I just jump in quickly? Because I do like Pierce. <laughs> I want to talk about him quickly. But um, he's a Westie. He's young. He's got a lot of pace. We love him down at the crew. He's got honestly skill skill wise. He's not that far off um, breaking into the first team squad. I think he'll be a super sub for us next season. He'll come on most games. We are wellness permitting. Um, but I see in two, three seasons, if he wants to stay with us, if he doesn't want to fuck off to Europe, he will be a uh, very a, a key point. I think he'll be like potentially the next Burgess in the, in the sense that he runs hard, has a few shots, he'll score 10 goals a season and he'll set up a few as well. I think, I think he's ready to take that next step into the starting side. Every time he comes on, he comes on electric. And I, I would really want to see him and Burjo working together. And putting a lot of that fast pace speed on, it, it's it's something I would really love to see a lot more than him coming on as the sub for next season. So personally, I'd probably rather have Pierre's play than getting another international Jertek or Kone type of player. I'd rather see a young talent coming through, giving him the chance. Who knows? We might make money off him. You know, Europe might come looking for him. Or, or something like that. The club itself might make a bit of money, get to go overseas and take the next step in life. He just needs to be given more of a chance, I would have thought. I just think, look, he's exciting. And, well, actually, to go to your point there, Scott, who do you think he replaces in the side, though? Oh, what, what going off towards the end of the season? Whose side does he, whose spot does he take? Risden or Payne? I'll go towards the Brisbane Western United final. Yes, as as. The way we've got the three at the back and the, the four up. Look, yeah. I want him to play. I think he's ex- like he is bloody yeah. exciting and his pace is amazing. But the question is, like, how does he get into the side at the moment? Unless you convert him into a right forward or a right winger yeah. and play him there on the regular and actually get his experience up in that position, there isn't a spot in the starting lineup for him at the moment, unfortunately. Not, not with the way no. that Rudin sort of starts his teams. 
Even even with the way Rudin starts his teams, but at the moment you can't displace Joshy Rusden and Connor Payne because exactly one one they're very decorated players. Two, I'm pretty sure Payne is too, but Joshy Rusden definitely an Australian international. And three, they were two of our best players last season. They're, They're a level above him at the moment. But you could sort of play a bit of Pierre in a, in a different area as well because he's just got that that the quickness in. I think he's going to have another season coming off the bench still and getting his opportunities when one of the players needs the rest or whatnot still. Which yeah, isn't bad. He's still young. I worry a bit about that because he is becoming a better player. Other teams could easily offer him a lot better than what we're giving him currently. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's what I do worry about. That is the problem. But you can't get. But you can't drop a Josh Risden or. A, kind of pain at this stage for him either. The big issue is what well, we've got Lockie Wales coming as well. So that's competition's Wales. good. This should make us deeper next year. Exactly. It, yeah. It, it just worries me that we could lose some of these good talent. Go, it's always know. a problem with having depth though. You're always at risk of losing them, but it's good and exciting that next season we have this depth given because what's going on in the A-League environment. Thing. Mm. At, the, at the end of the day, if they're not performing, if they were performing at the highest level and if they were Gonna, if they were performing at the level we want them to, they would be our starting players. But mm. at, even all the potential that he shows and how well he has played, he's still not at that level yet because he hasn't shown that level of quality and that level of consistency. So yeah. even though other clubs could offer him more, I don't think we should be sacrificing other players to do that at the same time. We should be obviously giving we should obviously be giving them a chance and allowing them to develop, but you don't fix what isn't broken. And our wing backs aren't broken at the moment. So yeah. I don't think you'd change anything for the time being. But the other thing we... too is they're not old too old where you've got to start thinking about replacing them yet either. They've still got a bit of go in them both Risden and uh Payne. See with Pieris, I would rather see him as an attacking minded uh, winger than a uh, an out now. That's uh, where I'd like back. to see. He's like, willing to make I, a run. I honestly, he would be in the starting eleven if he rocked up to victory tomorrow. Oh yeah. So that's obviously it's going to be a task keeping him because there's going to be knocks on the doors from other clubs. He would literally start victory or even the Mariners tomorrow mm. if they asked him. And obviously. Um, Even a couple of other clubs, I reckon. He could coach the Jets at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon A-Tracks could coach the Jets at this rate. I think he did on Football Manager. If he's, he's willing to play title. for a dollar a week, he can yeah. play it. Ur- Ursam Gulen re- returned to Australia, came with some fanfare. The 33-year-old Aussie-born Turkish international had spent the majority of his career in Turkey, bar alone to Adelaide United. In his nine games, he provided some tough support and entertainment in the back line, but opted to return to Turkey. His passing accuracy was 8%. His tackle success rate was 71.4%. His shooting accuracy was zero. Jay, what are your thoughts on Ursam Gulen? Very solid. Sort of sad to see him go as well because he was another one of those defensive midfielders we saw and, or someone that could have also played up the back when we really needed him to. Pretty solid for us. Obviously, um, played quite passionately as well and enjoyed playing for the club. I don't know why he went home. Well, if he was homesick or his family, he has a young family. So I think it was family. I think they were a bit homesick as well, which is why he went home. But he played with a lot of passion for our club, so I always respect him for that. Um, really, there's not much else to be said. He played. He, he wasn't spectacular, but he wasn't poor either. So, what do we rate him? B minus. I think that's a pretty fair yeah. assessment of how um, of how well he played. Obviously, only nine games as well. 
But uh, honestly, I thought it was it was even less than that. But um, you know, got subbed yeah. off a few times. He did get subbed off a few times, and I think he was with the club for a few months. I don't think he played every game either. Obviously, look, sad to see him go. It was good for his little stint here. Um, we've had obviously a few players like that, like him, himself, Jotek and Chapman, that sort of helped the club towards the start of the season and even towards the middle of the season. But uh, you know, as shit as it is to see those players go, it makes space for some other up and comers, which. In our club, like Mustika and um, and Burgess, they've been able to get right up there, and even Tommy Uzcock. All in all, you know, solid players, player for us. Not pissed off that he's left. Well, a, a bit upset, but not pissed off, and I can understand why he's left. I, I will say, um, like Gourmet, he was one of those tall, tall, tall defenders. He, he was very slow on the ball. Like he wasn't. If a guy was making a break behind him. He had no no chance unless he gave away the yellow card, which he did a few times. I found he was quite replaceable, as good as Gulen was in, in ways. I think we've replaced him quite well with Lewis Cock and Mai, and you know a few of the others. He was replaceable, and I'm sort of happy that you know. Well, I don't think it's a real major loss because we have gained better. I, I would have thought a few better lads coming down the track. He wasn't a bad player. He just wasn't the right fit for him. Yeah, look, I had him like um, Hamill too. He, he was just that level of consistency. Never played bad. Never played. But wasn't going to play great. He just had that good level of consistency to defender. But as you guys say, he wasn't hard to replace either. Do you remember that time he spear tackled that guy from City to avoid having to chase him? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just that's how we got to be a B minus for us. Good. He, he he could have cost us so many more games just because he had no. Real speed behind him, I reckon. If he played, if he played every game for the season, I reckon. That, yeah, McLaren probably would kick fucking ten goals against this running behind him. It could have been a lot worse. I, I reckon. How about we move on to the goalkeeper of the year for us, Philip Curto? I mean, it's a bit stiff that Ryan Scott wasn't goalie of the year, but all right, we'll allow it. <laughs> you know, you know those seventy-two minutes he played. It's it's. And that's no knock on him. I think seventy-two minutes of my life. Honestly, I've never been so happy watching a game of football. Like when Kurdo, when Kurdo, <laughs> as much as I love him, he got injured, and Ryan Scott came on. I thought oh, we're going to see our team thump another team away from home, and we're going to watch the best goalkeeper of all time. He even let them score a goal. <laughs> Can we save this for the Ryan Scott section because yeah, God, they played one game. You don't honestly. Honestly, the rest of the the next three and a half hours of this podcast is going to be the Ryan, the Ryan Scott section. <laughs> the Ryan Scott experience. Um, <laughs> we got to start a podcast, the Ryan Scott experience. Honestly, so, Odding Philip Curto, a major coup for Western United was to snag Phoenix's Golden Gloves Curto. He was second in the goalkeeping tally for saves. Um, he saved 94 but conceded 38 goals. Curto appeared 28 times and was subbed off once due to concussion. He, he had 44 clearances. We overall gave him an A minus. Leb, what are your thoughts? I think that's pretty fair. I don't have many other thoughts. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, Philip Curdo, outstanding goalkeeper. He was goalkeeper of the season um, last season with the Wellington Phoenix. Unfortunately, didn't get that award this season for the league. But um, Thank you, backline. <laughs> Mm, mm, mm. I was going to say but, that you're only as good as your defenders in front of you. But look, he, he was solid. He was solid as anything, and um, he's he's a leader as well. Even though I don't think his English is the best out of um, anyone <laughs> in our club, he can still kind of lead from the back, 
kind of boss people around when he needs to, lead by example a lot as well. And he, he's a quality goalkeeper. He's shown that he's got skill and he's came up front for us a bunch of times. Obviously, he only gets the A minus rating because we did lead him a fair amount of goals. And look, there were probably a couple of goals that he could have done better in, but you could say that for pretty much any goal. Any goal also in. worth mentioning, though, when we were at Wellington for our first game, he literally won us the match. Yeah. So he made our trip all the more worthwhile because I think he made about three or four fantastic oh, saves and oh, one or two yeah. of them were like, you know, full stretch diving. You know, it literally won us the game. So, and our defence wasn't even shocking. It's just Wellington, um, obviously, they did quite well. They did well, they did well this season and that game didn't... Honestly, we didn't deserve to win that our first game. We were lucky to do so, but Curdo um, makes the, can make the difference like that. Obviously, when your back line's off, so is your goalkeeper. We uh, well, I must say, um, I think Curdo struggled the biggest with uh, having that backline changing constantly on him. For a goalkeeper, it's never a good thing to happen. You know, unfortunately, we have had ish- injury issues where people leaving. It, it's been very difficult for him. Like, if, if he had a solid backline, who knows? He probably could have easily won Golden Boot this year. You don't know. It, it just kept changing. We kept going between Dylan. Uzcock and Imai, Durante. Not to be a smart-ass, but you do mean golden gloves, yeah, not the golden boot. Yeah, that one. He wasn't right? far off the golden boot. <laughs> the golden boot? But no, the golden, yeah, golden boot? Gloves. What, was he just bombing goals long range for fun? <laughs> yeah, he's only 20-odd goals behind. Yeah, he wasn't far behind. That was a pretty low-scoring season, to be honest. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, you could have scored as many as Stammer. <laughs> yeah, he had more shots on goal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, we'll give it to Kurt. I do think he was probably one of the better goalies in the within the A League. He just had a now Ivan Voyika at um, Crossbar Capers. Come at me if you guys if I pronounce that wrong. At the time of signing, came with a lot of noise from the Jets faithful. Sadly, this his season um, suffered from Ostetis, which we did cover and did not get any game time. We wish him well and hopefully he's back on board for season 2021. James Dalian. You Dalian's, mean Osteitis pubis? Yeah, that's Osteitis. It. Um, so we wish him well. Um, now on to James Dalian of the original Ryan Scott, if you will, was another young player who we stole from City's Academy and had high hopes for as our number two. Sadly, an injury kept him out of the season, hence why we signed Ryan Scott. We'll get into him later on so it's not much we can talk about there hope to see him next season now on to someone we can talk about jerry scatatus the yellow card king of western united he was a late signing to western united but came with a high level of shithousery and yellow cards more than happy to hassle players in midfield 16 games and six yellow cards his passing accuracy was 90.6 tackle success 75 percent. he had no shots on goal Scott, what are your thoughts of the yellow card king? He he was the hard nut on on the field. He he was never shy on going as hard as he can towards a contest. Whether he takes one or two legs out, it, it, he's one, just one of those players that w- w- wasn't afraid. He did get himself quite a few yellow cards out of the small amount of games he did play. Uh, he got a, a shit ton of fouls, and somehow he never got red carded, which was very surprising to me. I think was it against the Adelaide he. I think he probably should have had a red card. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was Adelaide at Witten Oval. He's come wrong there. He's come pretty close to a. If we had a red last season, I would have assumed it was him. Well, yeah. If if you need one of those players to you know sort of 
tire out some of the other teams, you just stick Jerry on him because you know Jerry's just going to wear the player down and hurt the hell out of him. But besides that, he, he, he did surprise me a bit. I didn't think much of it at the start. His pa- passing accuracy was pretty amazing, but it would be good to see him with a bit He's more time in the future. Um, Shithousery pretty much covers it. Yeah, I, I pretty... want to see him convert some of those yellows to reds. We yeah, that would be pretty nice. Just in a game we can lose, like we've already won, though. I want to see a Ryan Shawcross special. I want to see him do one of them. No, look, he's quite young still, so... Early in the game, it'll be so much better than versus McLaren full 90 minutes. That's all I'm saying. No, look, he's quite young still, Jerry, so um, we can definitely get a lot more time out of him and he could be with us for a decent amount of time cementing himself in our midfield and become the kind of player that other players in the league won't want to come up against because he's just rough and he'll get at him and he'll niggle him and put him off their game. We gave him a B, so we were yeah. all pretty happy with him. Um, no, yeah, I think that... Uh, look, maybe even a touch lower because he didn't play tons of games, but... Look, B's all right. I won't complain with it. Look, if he gets a red card, he'll be going up to A territory. <laughs> AP managed nine games <laughs> with three starts and a total of 436 minutes. As a younger player, he struggled to make the first team, but he did play. When he did play, he showed some good ability as a centre back, which we hope to develop further. Passing accuracy 88.9, tackle success 50%. Overall, we gave him a C. Plus. Ryan, thoughts? Look, basically, you covered a lot of the points. The notes I have down is that when he was called upon, he was very serviceable. He did his job. Um, I don't think he is a starter at the moment, like, you know. But my question more is, is, like, is that 24 now? Can he get that development in him still to try and take take a spot over to start? Because he's starting to get to the age where he needs to be starting, not being on the bench, which, you know, I'm not really seeing here. I'm with you, Wallace. Happy to be a depth player. Yeah, depth player, great at this point. I'd love for him to do it, better. But. It could be A-League material, but because A-League, you don't tend to come out until a bit later on. If he was showing too many signs too early, he'd be fucking off to, you know, China or Japan or one of the other leagues. Yeah, but you can't say for our team that he's going to be a starter when he needs to be starting at this age. He showed I, some I promise. He could be someone like Geronte, his replacement next season. Like, you know, the Geronte. But we're remarking Hamill and people like that for the position. Yeah. You see, that that's the position. Like, I think he's just going to be happy to be a depth player or be prepared to seek time elsewhere. He's a bit no, of a top like to man too because he does a lot of the phone calls and like signatures for players and goes to a lot of the family days and stuff. So look, maybe he, he is happy to be more of a uh, yeah that kind of a backup type of player a and the club man. rotation player. You know, Le- no less than a squad rotation player. I'd say. No, but someone you want in for like I've got no problem starting him in an FFA Cup game against. Oh, of course, yeah. Against, but yeah, that's City or something. You know what I mean. Or um, starting him if, you know, a few of the players are feeling a bit under the weather. If it's a hot day, especially in the A-League, you get that a lot. Mm. You know, if Dura is not feeling up to it. I don't mind him filling in a couple of games. Yeah, yeah, that's all good. Literally what happened last season. That's still a backup for me. Yeah. It's not like he's playing playing 40, 50 minutes a season coming on in the 80th minute. He's still playing like a fair amount of game time. You know, he played four games worth of time last season. Yeah, I think that's he's a deaf player you want. Though. Yeah, like skill wise, he hasn't. Obviously, it's a lot harder to prove yourself as a defender than it is an attacker because 
an attacker can go and grab two goals in 10 minutes and all of a sudden they're starting a Yeah, they're pulling the headline. You've got to spend two, three, four weeks putting in the hard work, you know, yeah, four performing in and out. Row, performing in and out. So unless there's some shocking injuries, I don't see him getting that chance. Mm. And if he does get that chance, He's got to I, take he's it. Really he has to take, to it. take it. And, uh, and um, I honestly, but nothing would make me. I'd love to be super wrong on this one. Like yeah. nothing would make me happier. There's nothing personal. Come out and absolutely boss it. Yeah, no, nothing personal. He's, I, a, I nice, he's, he's a nice guy, and he's put in. He's put in a good shift for us a couple of times. But I don't think he's a shocking player. I yeah. think he's probably good enough to crack the squads of a few other A League clubs as well. Oh yeah, but um, he's just not at this club with the depth we've got in that position. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like him, but he probably should have stayed at Central Coast. He would have got more yeah. of an opportunity. Well, he, he's more of a fullback, isn't he? No, centre back. Centre back. Yeah. What about he can play across the whole back line? Yeah, mainly centre back though. Still, but still, but he could have got more of an opportunity at Central Coast. I feel. I, I also feel United. like he's good enough to branch out into a defensive midfielder role, though. I feel like he's not a, a shocking pass of the ball, and he's not. Yeah, a shocking, yeah, he's, he's, not he's, he's not a slow player either. Yeah. So I could see him playing definitely. like that Chapman role. Yeah, he's not Probably. bad. He's not bad. He's just not up to some of our other centre backs. That's what yeah, we're saying. It's just not, not going to replace what we've got. Sorry, one thing I want to say as well quickly is that the fact is we lost a couple of defensive players in Chapman and Gullum. Mm. And instead of bringing Aspro into the team and giving him a shot, we go out and we even give players like Oscar Dillon a shot, who now no longer with us. He's nowhere to be seen. But he was getting game time before Aspro was. And it kind of says a little bit what the coaching staff and Mark Rudin potentially think about him and how much they trust him actually in the back line because we don't see him day in, day out in training. There could be something we're not seeing that is put, making their decision to not put him in the squad. Not yeah, obviously. Oscar, missing that little Oscar bit of Dillon comes in and he's gone already, but he was getting games before Aspro. Obviously, I'd like to see Aspro a bit more during those shittier games, like your Victory Central Coast Newcastle games, just to see if he's given a real crack with someone like Geronte beside him. He's really just been either a sub or a, a, a fill-in, so he's not getting much consistency. Yeah, but and, Scotty, yeah. you or I could play against Central Coast. Let's be real here. Yeah, it's like not, not going to tell you much about him when the pressure's run, on. So. Yeah. He still had three starts. I don't, he... I, I don't think that's going to uh, – I don't think that'll say a lot about him. He needs to get a proper run, a proper, let's say – our seasons aren't long. He he needs a good quarter of the season to actually get a run and prove himself, or else I don't think he's actually getting that opportunity with us. But without give without getting the consistency crack, it's very hard to really break into that area. That's why I'm not very hopeful for him. Look, as we said, nothing against him, but I'm just personally, yeah. I'm not like I'm a bit pessimistic about Aspro at. Our club, look, not saying he's bad football and not saying he's going to fail as a professional footballer. The way he gets in is he plays well pre-season because he will be featured in And someone else friendly. gets injured. Or not even that. He's got to play really well. well essentially, but even then, essentially Stammer, Stammer played super well in pre-season. Yule played super well in pre-season. What did, they do? what did they do in the actual season? They were yeah, giving like, a pre-season, late, pre-season doesn't mean a lot. For A-League clubs, because they're playing a lot of MPL clubs, which, let's be real, they're semi-professional footballers. They've got other full-time jobs, and this is their part-time job. He has to play very well, obviously in pre-season like everyone else, 
past, he doesn't have a shot. Then he's got to train well. Then he's got to hope someone, or not hope, but be there in case somebody gets injured. Then he has to play well week in, week out. I don't think he's going to do... He could probably do one or two of those things. I think he'll do well in preseason, and maybe he can train well. But I don't think someone uh, will get injured, and I don't think he'll be a week in, week out player for with, I see Stammer the, being more likely of, yeah. of our fringe. Yeah, with the training, though, he also needs to show him whatever it is that's missing, that quality, that... You know, what is it that he's not doing? Is it the positioning? Is it the quality? Is it... He's to show him that whatever it is that he's missing, that he's able to do that. So, long story short, he needs to prove himself to the coaching staff. We'll be happy to, get to be a squad to, player. We all like Aspro and we want him to do well. Moving on to Josh Risden. Josh Risden is a former soccer who came swinging into the season and is a fan favourite. He played right wing back and was crucial to the movement of the ball. He had a high number of assists and ran his guts out every one of his 26 games. He managed one goal. His passing accuracy was 76.6. His tackle success was 50.7. His shooting accuracy was 36.4. I'm a big fan. He was a, He's approachable. He's a, you know what I mean, as a fan, he was really good. Um, as a player, he ran his guts out every game. I don't know what else to say. He, I'm a big fan. We gave him an A- minus overall. What do you guys think? Honestly, I think A- minus is doing him a bit dirty. I think yeah. he was probably, uh, aside from Burgess and... Diamante, he's probably our best player, you know. Or and Connor probably, Payne. No, I'd say he's, he did better than Connor Payne. Mm. I think well, out of the two, who's more likely to break into the Socceroos? Oh, he, said, he said he's a former Socceroo. I think he's honestly been looked at as a current Socceroo. Yeah. Him and Burgess. Because he can also play on the left side of fullback too. Yeah. And, and left um, side of wing back. So honestly, if, we're, if we're short of options there, obviously. Scenario, you, wouldn't ha- you wouldn't hate to have him um, on the right side of midfield. The assist, I remember when we were in Adelaide, he got a hat trick of assist. Mm. So, so important, especially because as a, as a wing back, obviously you've got to defend. But one of your roles is you've got to run, sprint down the wing and whip in some killer crosses. And he did that. Very well for most of the season. I don't. I think he got a fair few assists. Essentially played every game. Twenty three, so he missed five games. He, I think he was a bit sore at one point. Calver pulled in yeah. for him. There so, was a few, few bad games. But twenty three well, out of a twenty seven seasons, not bad. Like, and I'd say out of those twenty three games, he probably had two off ones, and that's mm. off by his standards. Still wasn't. He probably had one one game where he he was subpar for the A League level. And that's, that's me being critical of him. And then a couple mediocre, and then, and mediocre then the rest. Standards. The rest, he was brilliant. He, there, were, there were games where he was easily our best on ground mm. by a mile. So um, Very, I, very important player for us. Our, our first Australian signing as well. Our second signing ever for the club after Panacone. So he'll he'll go down in the history books for us too. And I'd be giving him an A. I think A minus is probably a bit dodgy, but uh, you got like that's the average of all of our, our scores, guys. I can't. Yeah. The the one well, thing I'm giving say him is, a B plus then. <laughs> a A minus better than a B plus. Like the one thing I'm surprised that I didn't that we didn't see wrist and break into the Australian side. I actually thought with the season that he's had, with he would have broken into the uh, Aussies. Kelsey was the (laughs) toughest scorer out of everyone. Jay, you were the loosest, followed by Leb. I was doing it by like FIFA rankings. So six (laughs) would be the base. You've been playing too much FIFA, buddy. I haven't been playing that much. I reckon wrist and probably at least our third best player for the season behind Virgil and Diamante. I think wrist was very, very solid and, 
he really helped us win so as many games as we did with his assists and these crosses and just his effort was just yeah. amazing. And I'm really still really shocked he didn't get a call up from the Socceroos. That's because Grant's really good, man. Like that's yeah, that that's, that's the issue. Yeah, he's 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 in a really competitive spot. If he was a good striker, he'd have that. You know what I mean? Like we saw well, he got have haircuts and fucking Rizzo would have him in. In the bag. You should have a reverse, <laughs> reverse mullet, like, long up here uh, down the front. I can't see. But, um, yeah. I want to see Kelsey try that one. <laughs> Let's be um, honest, though. Ryan Grant had essentially no competition. Oh, no. And now uh, Risden's pushing him. So that's going to make Grant have to be better. But, yeah, it's can't fault Rizzo. Uh, any final statements on Rizzo? I thought Legend. he had a fantastic season, to be honest. Yep. He signed our drum and a rivet can. And I'd let him knock one out with my missus. You've never had a missus. Well, that's, on, that's Josh's fault. <laughs> but I digress. I'd still have him at the club, even if I'm going to be a cuck. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> wow, that, that escalated. Um, well, that brings us to the halfway point of our season review. I would like to thank you guys for joining us this week. Final comments, guys. I think oh, you'd like to thank the sponsor. I would like to thank our sponsor, Glowpair. Uh, Rivet. Go to, go to www.glowpair.com.au for planner boxes. We were able to catch up with all the players at, the, at some stage, you know, because COVID times and it's like an end-of-season party. We should take a slab of Rivet and make every single player at least drink one. No, I want to get a full slab of Rivets each different beer signed by every single player of the squad and Mark Rudin. And that is just a collector's item for life. Like a different, different player signed different rivets. Guys, uh, thank you for joining us out on the socials. I'm the usual jazz, all West, aren't we? Bang, all West, aren't we? Yes, they didn't kill himself. All West, again. <laughs> he did not do it.